um, she's like a member of our family. So yeah, it works out good. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. And so why, why, uh, why'd you get into law originally? You know, I have absolutely no, uh, professional people in my family. <laughs> to be oh, quite yeah. honest, like my dad was in sales. My mom was a stay-at-home mother of five. I'm the youngest of five girls. So my really? sisters became teachers. One became a nurse. One became a hairdresser. And I was sort of always the academic. And when I graduated college, um, I had always kind of had law in the back of my mind, but I was going to go teach English in South Korea. And my mother was like... Ooh. Hell no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, applied to law school the next day and uh, that's all she wrote. And I did well when I got there and started, you know, just exploring different practice areas and ended up in IP and business and uh, I've enjoyed it. Too fun. Did you know I was raised by my mom and five older sisters? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Estrogen fest. There you go. (laughs) That's how I, that's how I refer to it all the time. Absolutely. And I was the little brother they never expected to have. Okay. Well, I'm sure you're very good to women. Oh yeah. Well, my two two ex-wives may disagree with that, but but I, they're the mothers of my children and I honor them and, and they, you know, some people, um, I like what the rock said. He said, some people don't like me. Some people have bad taste. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey there, and welcome into Vision Pros Live. I may be in hot water after what I said last, but that's okay. Um, we'll, we'll have some fun with this show. I'm the uh, founder and CEO of First Class Business, show host here, of course, as well. And I'm so excited to have Melissa Gray on with us. And Melissa Gray is the founder of, oh my goodness, The Law Spot. Um, and what we, I'm so excited about this episode because our company is looking for, that law firm as well that we can partner with to be able to provide legal services from within our own brand. And so this is kind of like an interview as much as it is the opportunity to hear what her vision's about. And that's, I mean, that's honestly, it's a big reason why I do these episodes is so that I can interview all these different really cool visionaries, extract what it is they're up to and see why do they do the things that they do? Because I want to work with people who have really cool whys and really big ideas. So um, I'll digress out of that for now. We'll bring Melissa on stage in just a minute. First off, a few tips for anybody who's listening in that's trying to grow their business. We use a system called Cold Click. If you um, are watching the screen, you'll get to see a little bit more about that company. This system is what, what handles our LinkedIn automation. And Art Hoffman's become a friend of mine. He runs it. We've used Ulink, we've used Buzz, um, we've used all sorts of different systems. Um, and the systems are helpful. He combines, I think, Buzz, I'm sorry, um, Ulink and Octopus and something else and make sure that we're playing nicely with the algorithms while our systems are out there contacting people on our behalf. Now, we create great messaging for that too, but it allows me to have a whole ton of people coming through the pipeline, excited about our show, excited to talk to us. Um, and it's nice to have somebody in charge of making sure that as, as LinkedIn makes changes and adjustments to the algorithms, 
I don't have to think about it. I'm not that first layer of support, nor is my tech team. My tech team can go to them and see what's going on and learn about those those adjustments because there are lots of changes coming, especially with AI. Um, so that's uh, it's one of my secret tools. Simply fast websites. That's not a tool I use, but if I had to start over from scratch and I didn't know where to go, I would absolutely call Shane Michael because he's offering websites starting at 179 bucks. And one thing I've learned about web presence and building businesses over the many years is how many people stay busy with their website and end up kind of broke because they're not out in the world talking to people about their brand. They're obsessing over an asset that has to change and evolve with time anyway. So I recommend starting with somebody like Shane and saying, hey, here's 179 bucks. What do you need from me? Get that produced and out there and just be excited to go tell people about your vision and what you do. Don't get caught up in the mechanics of being a chief marketing officer or worse. That's not even what a chief marketing officer should do. A chief marketing officer should have a web dev web design department in order to make sure that those mechanics get put into place. So I know I firehose some of you a little bit, but the goal on that is to help save you uh, the, the years of pain that it took me to launch each of the companies that I did. And so if some of you are like, man, I needed that right now. Well, we did our job. The water project. The water project is near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm so grateful that I have access to water wherever I go. Um, I never have to think about it. There's millions of people in the world who do not. And I feel called and responsible to bring up subjects like these. Now, if, if you have another charity that you'd like to see a support or dive into, don't hesitate to drop that in the comments, please. Um, I really do like to pay attention to like, what's going on in the world. Where can we help people? Um, you never know who's going to see that and who's going to get behind it and say, man, I, I want to do that too. In fact, short story, when I introduced Monty Malding to Howie Nestel of San Antonio, who has this drive called Gotcha Covered, the event just passed again this year, they, they got 60,000 pounds of, of it was a collection drive in one day, 60,000 pounds of materials. Well, when I introduced the two of them and we just happened to talk about it, Monty gave Howie $1,000 on the spot for his other organization, Foundation San Antonio, on behalf of First Class Business. And I was like, what do I have to do with this? Um, and like, I just introduced you guys. And so it was, it was cool. It was awesome. You never know what's going to happen when you open your big mouth for good. So I highly recommend doing so. With that said, we're going to bring Melissa Gray on stage now, put her under, under the, the spotlight a little bit and under a little bit of pressure if I can. She's used to that as a lawyer. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. All right. So we got kids around the same ages too. I've got a 12, nine, eight, and three-year-old. You okay. got, you got how old again? Seven, five, and two. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And you're, you got this massive dream of, of helping entrepreneurs and SMBs by simplifying, making the, making the space of law easier. And I've caught no condescension from you. I, I've not, I've not been disrespected yet. You made space for me as a, as a human being. I'm loving this already. How the heck did you become you? That's my first question. Right. Uh, it's a good one. I, uh, I think I've had a, a lot of amazing clients and a lot of life experiences, even though I'm pretty, I'm pretty young. Uh, although I've been practicing for over a decade, which is hard to believe, but uh, I think the practice of law is intimidating enough. So what I try and do is just be be a more well-rounded attorney, if you will, and try and take the intimidation factor out of uh, the interactions with my clients. Most of them are coming to you with a problem. So if you can make them feel less intimidated by the conversation, that's uh, a good place to start to build trust and 
and a good rapport with the people that you serve. So that's awesome. That's yeah, not not well known in your industry. So I applaud you for yeah <laughs> breaking the mold a little bit. We need it. We need a lot of advice in business for for legal, and it's very intimidating to know who to go to. So, um, who do you feel should be listening? Um, and let's let me refine this a little bit more. Who's at the stage where they benefit the most from knowing you? For for you know, like because there's a lot of business levels. I'm curious. So Who's going to, who's going to, who's like, not just desperate, but you know, like I was also in that position where it makes sense to really have that conversation with you. Yeah. I think someone who, um, first of all, anyone in, in college, that's a business major or otherwise that doesn't have a focus on the law should be thinking about that as part of what goes into a, a business journey. But for me, the coolest clients are those that are in transition and they're really thinking about creating something new for themselves, but they have no idea like where to start. And people have these amazing ideas and they they come up with them, but they have no idea how to actually like implement them into the world. And once they figure out and start trying things, they sometimes get bogged down with the details and then they do it wrong. And then they spend a bunch of money and they get a cease and desist letter or, or some something like that. So it's, it's just anybody who isn't necessarily there yet has these aspirations to do something more potentially like these are these are really good foundational things like the the things that I talk about on my social media the things that I I I talk about on uh, LinkedIn are are just reminders to small business owners or people thinking about starting a business on the foundational elements that you need in order to do it properly and protect yourself and your family and your business and turn that business into something that's sustainable and something that can make you money. Yes. I love that. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to be your poster child for a minute. Um, I have received a letter of demand. Um, yeah. I have been taken to small claims court. I have um, received the, the cease and desists. Um, I have been sued on accident that was helpful because then i just got a template for a lawsuit that was pretty well thought out um i have been sued on purpose i have had a company that lost a lawsuit on non-compete um gone wrong with the my co-founder in a, in a business apple has patented one of my softwares um and we also had a twenty thousand dollar trademark battle at one of my one of my companies um where my goal where my approach would have been just let go of the dang name so we don't have to lose the 20,000. Um, but I wasn't the senior co-founder. Um, and so we, we, I've learned some heavy lessons with, and, and workers comp, you know, there's all, all those types of things too. You just, you learn as you go through the experience of life that, Oh, there's so a many legal, legal side to <laughs> this process. Um, so with that said, tough pointed question, easy to answer on the surface, but are you a bulldog as well, Melissa? Do you have the ability and capacity to do that? Or is that not necessary as a, as a legal representative for brands? I will be whatever my client needs me to be in the moment, but I, I do pride myself on talking through the entire worst case scenario. And sometimes the most aggressive approach is not the approach that's going to get you what you want. So I do think that level of counseling, if, you're, if your attorney is not going through that with you, that's a miss because 
if you can creatively get the resolution that you want without going full on nuclear on the other side, then great. But if that's the approach that you as the client want to take, then I'm in your corner. I will zealously advocate for you as, as I'm required to do under the law. But I, we always go through the exercise of, you know, is that the highest and best use of your money? Is that going to be a good ROI for you, depending on what the scenario is? And sometimes it's necessary, but other times it's, you know, do you want to keep that $20,000 or do you want to, do you want to do something different? Um, right. So. Yeah. Well said. Well, I, I will say, I think, I think many entrepreneurs that watch my show or, or follow will resonate with this. I, I don't have the heart to be the bulldog at the end of the day. I don't like, yeah. and when I find myself having to do that, I find myself losing my centeredness as a visionary for others. Um, and it's so hard. And I, I have to learn, right? We, we all, I get the, I have the opportunity to learn how to be a little bit more uh, diplomatic on one side, but also to be a little bit more um, dedicated towards justice on the other. Um, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs, that's one of the reasons why they struggle with that attorney relationship is because the dynamic is almost like one or the other. And so it's like, whoa, if I'm a nurturer at heart, yeah, how can I build a relationship with somebody who's only bulldog mode ever? And um, I love your advice on that. As we, as we go into that advice, I'll also draw you in the next question, which is what's your vision for those that you serve? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think it brings me back to, uh, you know, in addition to private practice, I was in-house for uh, almost five years and I served as general counsel to a billion dollar company, but we stood their legal department up from scratch. So I was interfacing with the executive team and everybody from the warehouse workers all the way to you know the c-suite and you really have to have the vision of the company in mind when you're giving that legal advice so being a strategic partner on a general counsel level is you cannot be the department of no and crush the dreams of the business you have to find creative solutions you have to uh, know when to play your card that's you know, nope, this is the legal trump card. You cannot do this, but you hold that and you do not, you don't take that out unless you absolutely have to, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what it taught me was how to be really collaborative with my clients. And that's why forming a relationship with an attorney when you're in sort of those preliminary stages of business is so important because you can share in that growth, that strategic vision, like, okay, Let's let's see how this is going to impact your long term goal in what we're doing legally. And even from, uh, you know, planning for the next year, how legal is going to integrate in that into that as you scale, how you're going to you know, successfully iterate into more sophisticated types of contracts, relationships and then mature over time as as you grow with them, they grow with you. So uh, that's and how that plays into sort of my long-term vision. I mean, I just want to be available to my clients that find value in my advice. And those, those people that take that at the beginning have just reaped the benefits of it long-term. And I can see how, you know, we've navigated scenarios that they would have otherwise gotten in trouble for. And they have those funds to then use to reinvest in their business. 
And it's sort of like marketing in a way, like you have, you can't view marketing as just an expense, right? And it, it's an investment. And legal is a little bit, is a lot like that, really. Uh, it's an investment in you and your business and making sure that you're, you're putting up guardrails for yourself, but also complying with, you know, the other requirements under the law in other areas as you know, depending on what your industry is and it, you know, it yeah. can vary, but I like that. So you, you have this incredibly big vision for the company side, the business side and, and all of that. It reminds me like the only, not the best analogy I can think of is like that, the giant dome thing that Apple, you know, now has like, that's a big one, right? Then, then uh, Tim Cook and the executives, they have their own personal visions as well. Um, things that they do outside of that. What's your personal vision? Gosh, I want the Law Spot to really serve as a hub for resources for small business owners that can give a customized legal experience without, you know, the intimidation factor of a big firm. Um, I have grand plans. You know, I've, I've just opened less than a year ago myself. I've been practicing for, for 12 years now, but um, I intend to use tech AI, all the things that are going to really streamline legal services and and take the crusty old white man vision of a law firm and just you know turn it on its head. That's really my vision. I want I want it to be a new age version. I want it to uh, have value and just there's so many amazing tools that are on the legal market that firms have not embraced and that that's part of my model. That's part of what savings I want to pass on to my clients and the improvements in how we deliver service to clients is all going to be, you know, part of that vision. So Nice. Awesome. All right. Ready for this? Ready for this? Suits. I don't know that. You don't know the show Suits? I, I've like seen like two episodes. I <laughs> Well, okay, lawyer, so. it's hard for lawyers to watch lawyer shows because they are not realistic in any way. <laughs> you kind of give it a. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Well, okay, so if we're going on plot, I would say no. If we're going on actors and like you know my ability to watch it, I would say. Eh. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, all right, moving into a very heavy subject. Um, what's the worst leadership experience you've ever had? Oh gosh. Um, I would say being given a leadership role and then not having any actual control over a situation like a fake leadership role. That is a really difficult position to be in. I feel like I was, uh, I had a situation where I was a partner at a firm and I had this title and this objective, but then I was kind of, it was empty. People were not it wasn't really my vision. So having that title of leadership without having the ability to execute is actually one of the reasons I chose to do it myself. Uh, you know, I wanted the ability to make like formative change and be impactful. And when you're not empowered to do that, it makes it impossible. So yeah, yeah I'd say that's, well said. that's a hard uh, one. I, I agree. I think uh, <clears throat> any small business owner who's listening in take, Note of this, your employees are likely in that scenario. Yeah. Um, see it all the time. 
um, where people are given titles that mean very little or the title itself means something, yet the tasks and the responsibilities and the accountability is nowhere to be found. Um, and that's often more on the entrepreneur than we want to admit. Um, but we have opportunities there to avoid that with, uh, with, with you also helping us just take a look at it. What about the best leadership experience? What does that look like? This could be yours. This could be yeah, somebody you no, follow as I well. Think, it could be a TV show. I mean, well, I, I just, I think the opportunity to serve as the, as the general counsel was really impactful for me. Like that was having, that was a position of, of authority where people actually did take my advice. They respected my opinion. Um, I had built relationships over years with the people that I eventually led. So the ability to sort of put those relationships to the test in a leadership role where I had the authority to do something was really uh, meaningful. And I was a small team in the legal department, but I felt like I was a part of something much bigger. And having others that you know were all aligned on the vision and really respected your opinion um, and seeing so some of those objectives come to fruition uh, throughout the year was was really cool. That's awesome. All right. This question, I'll let you think about it for a minute. Um, if this was your last opportunity to share a powerful lesson with other visionaries, what can they learn from your experience? Oh, my. So the hardest thing about um, my journey so far has actually been deciding to take the journey. Um, like to me, it was the safety of corporate, the safety of working for a firm, the benefits, like, and then I struggled so much with, can I do this? Should I do this? Is this the right time to do this? I mean, I'm a mother of three, my husband's a lawyer, we have a mortgage and, and cars and, and a dog and a cat and all these things, right? And it's like, if you just make the decision and you follow through on the decision, like you are, burn the boats, right? Like that, that was the lesson I learned. I had to burn the boats and just bank on myself. And then every other decision make is, is much easier at that point. Mm. Make the decision and follow through. I think that recipe is extremely important to get right. Yeah. Um, right. Those ingredients matter a lot. If you're going to burn the boats, Make sure you make the decision and make sure that you follow through. Um, and that's that's good. I like that combination too. All right. So if we were to talk about um, more specifically what you do, you know, um, getting qualified, customized legal services. Yeah. Um, you know what? What are some of the what are some of the things we should be looking for? Um, and, and the entity we're turning to, and I know this comes from a bias standpoint, but, um, you know, you're, you're here now and ever, other people, by the way, if you're listening, um, feel free to contact myself or contact companies that are not associated with your brand, right? Go get unbiased feedback regarding this as well. But Melissa, from your perspective, what should we be asking and looking for in a legal team or, uh, you know, for legal advice if we need, do we need a legal team? Do we not? Those are... I'm just going to let you talk for a little while. Yeah, I think that that really depends on where you're at in your business. If you are extremely fresh, right, you need somebody that's going to, first of all, educate you. And if you have the ability to, you know, just pour over some resources and figure out 
the basics of business. Like my first webinar that I gave away was the basics of business blueprint. And it was like, okay, this is, these are the types of entities that exist. These are the, the foundational contracts that you will likely use for your business. And then this is the protections that you can, uh, you know, expect with intellectual property. Cause no matter what nice. you are providing a business, uh, you are providing a service or a product. Does that webinar still exist? It does. Of course. Yes. Okay, um, so it's something we can access. Yes. Uh, and I think I put on my YouTube channel, but I will verify after this. Okay. But, and well, then we'll make my, sure add in the show notes too. Absolutely. That, we, we grab it. Um, that was, that was a good one. And then it, my second one was diving in deeper to that trademark topic specifically, because that's where I've spent a lot of my practice. But if you, it depends the level of, of strategic legal advice that you need and the expertise that you need varies by your industry. But if you're talking general counsel, right? You need to know what you have to have the end in mind when you're talking to your lawyer. What are you looking to build? What is the end vision that you have? Do you want to take over the world? Do you want to franchise? Do you want to just have one store in Dallas, Texas, and that's all you ever want? Do you want an online retail store? Do you want to ship internationally? Like you have to have the vision when you talk to your lawyer, because then they can actually guide you a lot better. And if you don't have it, it's probably too early. And I'll, I'll double down on that too. In fact, I'm going to put the light on the opposite side. If you're talking to a law entity that does not naturally ask you about your vision, does not ask you about the end result, and they're more worried about the consultation fees being paid, oh gosh, and, yeah. and they're not, they, they don't take a sincere interest in what you're doing, run. Right. Don't try to force that on the entity because they're not going to get it. Um, they, they just showed that they don't get it. You don't learn how to ask great questions overnight. It takes a, a sincere process of understanding, listening behaviors. So I would say that that's the other piece is making sure that that as you know, you go into that conversation with a lawyer, ask them what's important to them, you know, yeah. about the situation or how would we work together? What does that look like? They can't answer that with that type of a clarity that they care about what you do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't move forward. I would call another lawyer. You got a thousand that you can call in your city. Absolutely, and and there are and there's varying approaches. I like that approach with my client. I like to know where they're at from a financial standpoint. I need to know where they're at from a you know a maturity standpoint, and then partnering with them to integrate legal into what they're doing in a way that meets their needs. And I might not. Um, I might not be the most, you know, cheapest option, but if you have this as a, a line item in your budget, we can work through the highest and best use of that budget as you develop like what you need for your business. But you're going to need the right legal entity. You're going to need the right foundational contracts. You're going to need to consider IP. And those are the the building blocks of yeah. a solid foundation, getting those right, making sure that you're protecting yourself, that you're limiting your liability. Um, and then you can get into the fun stuff and and make sure that you're you're going on that journey with them as they grow yep. and, and take on new new projects. Yes, absolutely. One of the one of the challenges we face as entrepreneurs or business owners is that those we fit ourselves into those giant boxes. Um, and we assume that it's kind of the same for everybody. I mean, I, I did this years into business. I, I set out to create the ultimate org chart, 
you know, organization board. Uh, I was like, I'm going to create a universal one. And everybody's going to be able to fit into this because that will simplify the whole business process for the world. And I, I it was just a concept. It was an idea that I had. It was a really crappy idea, um, you know, and, and I didn't realize it until I started to dive into it. And then I started, I was like, wait a second. A restaurant owner has completely different titles than a laundromat than a legal crap. This doesn't, I wonder why it's so confusing. Um, you know, and you can't find great templates online. There's, there's not, there's not necessarily a one size fits all template, even for a niche, um, you know, of an entity. Yeah. So those, those realizations too, uh, what, what I'm getting at is when you're hiring a legal team, that's again, why it's so important to, to, to have that conversation and time to talk with a legal entity so that they understand how your business is totally different than all the other business uh, businesses that are even within your own niche. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? I do. Actually, that's, that's a really great point. And I am, you know, I'm a small business owner myself. I understand that, that you can find a gajillion different templates on the internet. And, you know, you might, the problem is if you don't know what those provisions mean or how they are actually going to interplay in what you're doing, that it could be really damaging. So you yes, want sure. to make sure that it's whatever you're using is tailored. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, start from scratch necessarily, but you need to make sure that that certain things are in place that are going to protect you. So yeah. yes, I understand that there's templates, but that is why even just the consult with an attorney to go over it and make sure that you, they understand your business as it relates to the, the contract that you're using is so important. Those two need to be married. They need to, to speak to each other. And you, every single word that's in an agreement is there for a reason. It's there as a tool for you <laughs> to, to protect yourself or to get paid. I mean, and those are things that you you really want to be able to fall back on. Hopefully you won't have to, but having the document is much better than not having it. Because if you don't, the state that you're in has default rules that are not necessarily going to be in your favor. So just yep. if you don't have a contract, the state has written one for you. All right. And that's, that's another <laughs> neat aspect about working with attorneys versus being trying to self-represent is I've seen, <clears throat> I've seen companies that have phenomenal legal paperwork and processes on the surface lose in court to somebody who had a template, but then went and hired the right attorney to, to save yeah. them from this terrible little agreement that they had. Um, yeah. And so the, the attorney plays into this as well. Um, I found the paperwork often helps make sure that that expectations right are, are are settled on so that the mediation process is just, you know, you never have to actually get into the, the court process. You mentioned uh, you mentioned I think you mentioned physical products. Um, there was something that triggered my memory of of uh, or maybe it was doing business. Yeah, you know what? I saw an article that you have on your page. It talks about doing business in America as a Latin American organization. Um, and so you did this interview with somebody about that. I'll pull that up in a minute. But I have a company that we're 44% equity owners in. Um, they're based in Canada and they have supplements that will be shipped to the United States. Mm -hmm. 
And we very much have that relationship on cinched the hose. Like it's on pause right now because we have international tax challenges. We have FDA regulation realities that we'll have to face. We need quite the healthy budget in order to make sure we have the right accountants and the right legal entities supporting us. So we don't end up, well, I don't want to go to prison um, for one. Uh, and two, I don't want to cause a bunch of problems that we could avoid if we just had the right people around us to, to guide us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, sometimes the, the different types of lawyers, like if you, if you go someone that's specific for, to marketing products, international products, right, they're going to have resources related to labeling, compliance, custom, import, export. And I dealt with a lot of that on the surface in-house because we imported a lot from Asia and we dealt with, um, the, Trump had implemented his uh, import tax on steel and we imported nails. And so we had all these duties and customs uh, issues. So that was that was a whole um, mess. But it's, it's important to pause if you're not sure and then, you know, form a plan. Okay. And sometimes it's collaborating with the the tax professional as well as legal like not every lawyer is going to have expertise but that is where okay my general counsel hat comes on i'm like okay I'm, i might not be the person that can advise you on x but i'm going to get you to suzy q attorney at law who does that and we're going to vet that issue out because you know there's no it's very unlikely to find a lawyer that is going to be an expert in every single thing, but they should be able to it's issue. It's easy spot. to find a lawyer who thinks they are. Well, and issue spotting, challenge. issue spotting is is the only thing that you know I'm obligated to do. If I don't feel comfortable doing something, I'm going to get you to the expert that can. But yeah. that is a lot of the value that I provide my clients to. It's not necessarily finding the answer. It's saying, nope, this is a red flag. We need to vet that. I'm going to get you to my contact uh, hmm. here that can really vet that and make sure that you're not going to get in trouble in that area. Awesome. Again, for the, the visionaries who are more entrepreneurial than business owner, I think this conversation is going to be much more helpful. When I say the difference between the two, for me, one of the big differences, a business owner usually has a local business or one type of business. An entrepreneur usually has several businesses um, and it's a little bit more intricate, dynamic, complex in how they do things. Um, so, for the entrepreneurs out there, um, having somebody like Melissa to kind of bat these questions off of, um, you know, even just, you know, kind of uh, you're throwing, I'm throwing spaghetti against the wall in, in some respects, but there's this, uh, there's this conference called video VidCon. VidCon is one of the number one, uh, it's probably the number one platform for YouTube influencers and creators to go to VidCon in California, mix and mingle. There's thousands and thousands of people go. It's a really cool event. And I got really lucky one day as I was studying through the speakers that were there. And there's a lawyer that um, helps YouTube influencers with their mergers and acquisition negotiations. And I was like, whoa, that's brilliant. Like you're going on my vendors list immediately. Uh, so I reached out to her. She didn't reach back out to me. It's okay. I'm not a, I got like three subscribers on YouTube. Um, so I can understand why she didn't. But that's also one of those areas where having legal support 
when you're in your contract negotiations matters, do you also assist with that or do you refer that out? I do. No, I, I and I support mostly if a, if a deal gets big enough, obviously I, I do not have a, a huge team at the moment, but um, sure. I have resources for that. And that's where actually on the M&A side, I think um, AI and tech can really improve those document reviews and diligence processes long-term. Uh, but yes, I have done M&A work, mostly on the IP diligence, but also contract mm -hmm. reviews and the purchase agreements. But typically, uh, you know, I would say the deals um, are below 20 million. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, above that, you probably need more. more I thought it was interesting that she also proposed, she's like, she's a negotiator. She's the, yeah. she's kind of the sales engine behind it. And I was like, that's, really, really helpful, um, you know, to, to have both of those aspects. Naturally, you still need everybody in the dialogue. It's a, it's a pretty complex sales process when you're in that environment. That's one of the things we've dreamed about or one of our visions for first class business is as people come in and work with us on more of a freemium business model where they can come in and get support at like unnaturally amazing levels of support. We want to create an incubation process to where they get, um, you know, they can't afford us. I know they can't afford us for the things that we do. So how do we orchestrate a rev share model, an equity model, where we've also got the legal support, not necessarily in-house, possibly. And I would hope within the next four or five, six months, we've got that legal entity in-house or when we're working with so closely that the, the K-1 partnership agreements or any other type of agreement we come up with, everybody's protected in the process. Yeah. We're protected. They're protected. They can still get a third party to review it. But we have to we have to find the entity who understands that that type of a vision as well, um, you know, or like go find some young lawyer who is super malleable that wants to prove themselves and come out of the gate, you know, super well and, and sees the vision of of doing just that. Is that a do you feel that's a very dangerous vision or do you feel like that's something that would be helpful to businesses? Feel free to speculate um, and shoot that down. I mean. If you're creating a one-stop shop for entrepreneurs to have their legal legal needs and business support needs met, I mean, I think that that aligns a lot with what I'm trying to do uh, in terms oh. of the the foundational elements for businesses, uh, giving them support, not just not just any support though, the customized. Uh, really valuable partnership type support that's going to take them to the next level of whatever their vision is. And it doesn't have to be this grand vision necessarily. It just has to be theirs and they have to know what it is. <laughs> so that, that's, I mean, that's for me, sustainability like has to be well-rounded, right? Okay. You know, and, and when I say well-rounded, people love to oversimplify business. I always say it's business is a recipe book of 300 simple recipes. The complex nature of that is you have to cook the right recipes at the right time for the right people and deliver it the right way. Like the complexities continue to compound as you combine those realities together and have to deliver upon it. So if I built a sustainable business model that had no legal infrastructure, I mean, I might as well put a house, you know, on top of the earth with no foundation. Um, when the storm comes, you know, that that house is insusceptible to not having having all the sustainability built into it swept away. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, there's, it's a huge part of what we want to build, but I am not 
I am, I should not be near the legal department. It's not my <laughs> strength. Well, that's okay. Uh, as long as you are aware that those things need to be addressed and yeah. that is in your playbook, then that is step one. The, the people that get in the most trouble are the ones that run without, without thinking about those things. And then yeah. they get their, you know, the wind taken out of their sails when they get that cease and desist or whatever it is. And they were, you know, so yeah. you know, passionate or far along. And I mean, I've had people that happened to seven years later when yeah. they've, when they've escalated to a point of like being a player in the market. Mm -hmm. And that's when somebody wants to knock you down because you're actually making waves. Right. But if you haven't done those yeah, it's things. That's exactly it's right. Really, yeah, you're that's really you're not a target when absolutely. you're not known. When you're not absolutely. known, nobody cares about you. Once you're nobody known, cares. then everybody's going to come after you. And not everybody, but the people who are going to come after you will do so. And mm -hmm. more importantly, if you think the scams that are hitting your email box right now are hard to decipher, just wait till you're Tony Robbins level. Right. And, and when you're Tony Robbins level, now you got, you know, you don't, you have white collar criminals that are designing systems and things to, 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 yeah, no, business gets much harder um, yeah. as, as you get bigger and start to have success. Don't threaten that market share. They'll come after you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'll be a little bit quiet, quieter about the rest of our, our discussion of these plans, but no, yeah, we, we, um, we, it's one thing to have that lawyer attorney who is there for you. Right. And is able to help you on, on what you're doing. It's another to find one that has the type of vision that you have, um, which, again, is so much more aligned with what we're building towards long term. And that's why I'm like, cool. Like, I, my, I don't know. I think our automation connected us. I don't even know how that happened. Um, did we connect on LinkedIn? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was great. Well served. Um, <laughs> thanks, Art. Art, we, we're going to give you yeah. a big old shout out for that. Good job, Art. Uh, so, Melissa, we got a couple minutes left. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to dive into and share or talk about for SMBs or entrepreneurs? Gosh, I think um, I think really just the planning piece cannot be underrated. You know, as we go into twenty twenty four, I'm like having into I'm having into my my planning stage. So this is uh, the time to sort of do your audit. Even if you're an existing business owner, you can still sort of dust off those contracts, dust off those operating agreements and make sure that things haven't necessarily changed. And if they have changed, then you can do something about it after the fact. You don't have to just sit on things uh, that are stale and whatever that looks like for you in terms of an audit or what you've got going on, your business might not be the same as it was five years ago. So take, take some time, do the planning, do the work, maybe dust off your vision. You know, maybe that end looks different yeah. than it did when you started, but that's that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. You get to change it, you get to evolve, and you get to to make it whatever it is. But if you find yourself in a position where uh, you need support or or resources, you know, obviously first class business is is there for you, and and you know that's how I'm looking to plug in with uh, with people as I grow mine. Nice. I see the law spot doing the same. So. Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us today on Vision Pros Live. Um, 
feel free to go back in this episode, of course, and and take notes on what you've heard. I think it's important to gather what applies to you specifically. If you know an entrepreneur and you happen to just dive in and listen to this, just tag them in this episode. This is universally applicable to entrepreneurs, SMBs. There's a lot of principles that were shared today. Um, in addition to that, if you want to be on the show, if you've got a vision, uh, whether it's one you're dusting off or not, don't hesitate to apply to be a guest on our show because we're, we're here to help make those visions come to come to reality. Like that's one of the big parts of why we, what we do is so important. But also what I've often seen is that when you ask somebody about their vision, just asking them about it propels it forward. Um, and so a lot of the people we, we talk to, no, they don't become clients and that's fine. They become people who we can, whose visions we can track long-term and see like where they're headed. And it's, it's just a really rewarding process. So if you have a vision, come and share it with us. We'd love to have you. And thanks for joining us on another episode of Vision Pro's Life. Take Thank care. you for having me. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pro's Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent